the guys from Ping, they've kind of shown me how much the equipment matters. I just love that I can hit any shot I kind of want. We're going to be able to tell some fun stories about what goes on here to help golfers play better golf. Welcome back to the Ping Proving Grounds podcast. I'm Shane Bacon. That's Marty Jertson. Marty, Happy New Year. You know what we got to start with, right? You, you got a resolution? You, you got you got something you're going to you're going to set your goals and eyes and mind and body at at 2024? Oh, Shane, I I used to be super big into the resolutions, you know, like for, and for me it was always removing something was like a okay. good resolution. Like one year uh, being from Arizona, man, I love chips and guac. I had to give up chips. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't I did do it. Year. Did you do the whole year? Did you did you do I the whole year and not do it? I did the entire year. Oh my goodness. You're then so disappointed. One year I re- I regret this, but I gave up coffee. I like switched to tea and then I had a I did it literally for the whole year, but I I rebounded on that now. So I'm not doing that, but <laughs> I think this year uh you know, I think it's going to be maybe cuz over 40 is uh maybe maybe diet-wise getting a little more protein in the diet. That's going to be my big thing for for 24. How about you? What do you uh, got on your list? I'm I'm adding an extra leg and lower body workout a week. So, as you know, Marty, it's super easy to do kind of beach body workout and go do arms and things like that. And I think at times I get a little lazy with going to the gym and focusing solely on lower body like spend 50 minutes or an hour entirely on legs and glutes and things like that. So my goal, and I've been working with a trainer on kind of getting a a plan for this, is I'm just going to introduce a lot more leg workouts. Again, you said it, Marty. I just turned 40, you know, late last year. And these are the types of things we've got to be thinking about. And so, yeah, it's funny. You and I are are focused on the same stuff. (laughs) It's like diet and and, and gym are, are basically what you have to have to do when you when you when you flip the calendar over you know yeah exactly but i think it's good i mean when we talk about we're going to talk about some golf things here is uh just those habits i think that's a really big deal is to at the beginning of the year is just a good time uh to kind of establish what your habits are going to be for the year knowing that life's going to come come your way things are going to get in the way but what are those habits you can go back to and and uh yeah i think we i'm feeling good about both of ours shane yeah, and you know, Marty, it's it's interesting. I mean, I remember, you know, doing like early clubhouse podcast, you know, 10, you know, seven, eight years ago. And I would always ask players about goals because if you remember, Justin Thomas made it famous where he would post that notes app at the end of the year on what his goals were and which one he's achieved. And I think this is actually something that's pretty important for even everyday golfers. I think it's easy to say, I'm gonna spend a little bit more time on the range this year. I'm going to spend a little bit more time on my short game. But to actually write out goals for your golf game, as much as we're all obsessed with the game and obsessed with playing, what are you actually trying to achieve in 24? You know, for me, with my golf game, Marty, I'm going to just simply try to play more tournaments. Not necessarily, you know, try to do more or whatever. I hope that comes with the territory. But I'm just going to try to spend a little bit more time in my calendar, if it allows it. Obviously, I've got two little kids and I've got jobs. But I'm going to try to just play, if I can, play in more golf tournaments, get more competitive in that space because I had a good 2023 in terms of tournament golf. But as I look back on last year and kind of think about this year, I wish I would have played more tournaments. So that's kind of one of my big focuses for for next year or for this year. Yeah, no, Shane, I love that. I did that in 23. I recommitted because I had an off year in 22, didn't play many tournaments at all for me. And I upped, uh, I played in all of, pretty much all of our section events in 23. And it worked. It forced me to kind of be a little more disciplined in my practice. And then you get the feedback playing in the tournament golf. I mean, 
you can be playing good like you did this year, and then you play a big tournament, and then your next, you look at your calendar, your next one's not for six weeks. You know, it's tough. It's tough to keep that uh, momentum going. I think about that on tour a lot with the pro golfers. You know, some of the guys that have great ends to the season, you think about the way Victor obviously played at the yeah. end of 23 and into the Ryder Cup and things like that, and everybody reacts the same way. Wow, Victor's going to win a major championship. He's, you know, he's obviously on the precipice of those types of things. And you said it, Marty. I mean, the gap from the end of that part of their season until yep. when they ramp things back up again in January. And then you think about the big events early in the season. And then you think about that first major championship. I mean, what are you talking? Six, seven months. Exactly. So for those players, it's remembering what I did well. And for Victor, it was obviously everything. I mean, he hit the ball great and he putted great. Yep. <laughs> but remembering what those feels were like and applying the, them in your practice and in your planning. And then, of course, you know, when you get back to tournament golf in, in 24. Yeah, and golf's such a fragile game, Shane. <laughs> you, you and I both know, man, you can, you can lose those feelings. You know, you, you think they're just right there, but, you know, sometimes it's, you know, they're fleeting. So that's what that's what makes this game so fun, though. Yeah, and Marty, as, as listeners are thinking about a checklist for 2024, what are some of the things that you would push them to consider, to think about, to focus on, not just maybe with their planning and their golf game, but also in their golf bag? Yeah, I think it's just a good time to have like, you know, I like to call it like a retrospective, you know, just take a nice, good, hard uh, look at your game and what your goals are, right, Shane? I think that's a big deal. I think back to when we had Preston Summerhays on the podcast. Hey, Preston, what do you need to do to get better? He was like, well, I, I thought about this for a couple of weeks and wrote a 10-page detailed plan. I don't think the everyday golfer needs to go to Preston level. I'm not going to Preston level, <laughs> personally. Uh, but hey, what a great example for all of us to do a little look back on your game. Be like, hey, you know, just like you did. I want. I need to play more tournaments. You know, what are your goals? Where, what were your strengths? What were your weaknesses? If you use any type of stats tracking app, heck, even if you just look at your gen trends over the years, right? Um, take a look at some of your stats and do a little assessment on your game. Get the, And if you have somebody that can help you with it, even better. Whether that's a coach, caddy, friend, you play a lot of golf with, what have you. Uh, take a look. Take a look at your game and see where you think. I think the the low hanging fruit is. Is it your driving? Is it your short game? Uh, is it your mid iron play? And then you can start to start to try to curate an action plan, maybe some habits from a practice standpoint, and then an action plan to take a look at it from an equipment standpoint. Yeah, I think something you mentioned off the top there is so smart. I mean, obviously, there's so many apps out there in terms of tracking your golf, and I, you know. I battle with this, Marty, at times playing golf is, do I want to be on my phone when I'm playing yeah. or do I not want to be? And obviously, yep. I mean, for me, golf is a bit of a disconnect from the phone. It's so funny. I'll go on golf trips sometimes, Marty, and I'll, I'll get done. I'll be on the flight home and go, I want to post pictures on Instagram. And I go, I didn't take many pictures, which is a good thing. That means I had a great golf trip, right? I mean, if I didn't pull totally. my phone out all the time, that typically means I was having a great time on the golf course. But I do think considering where we're at in modern technology, leaning on those, even if it's after the run, even if you're at, you can track on scorecards and plug it in on the back end, fairways yep. hit, greens, putts, things like that. I think it's so important because, Marty, you mentioned low-hanging fruit. I'm not sure everybody understands what they're good at and what they're bad at, right? And I think being able to track that in some capacity can help golfers understand 
where they should spend their time practicing, where they should spend their time. Maybe maybe they've got a four-year-old driver, right? Maybe they haven't driven the ball well. Maybe it's yeah. worth spending a little bit of time getting fit for something new in the bag that might be able to help improve that. Yeah, Shane, not, you know, we don't need to spend a ton of, too, too much time on stats tracking apps, but what it does, you hit the nail on the head, is it helps you get back past your own personal bias of what you think is your strength or weakness in your game. I, I was just uh, recently at a, a big conference talking to some of the top teachers, uh, and one of them said, hey, I bring my players on the course because you can identify the low-hanging fruit to help them get better almost immediately. They might come, they might tell you, oh, my driving's you know, not that good. Then you get on the course, they actually drive it okay. They miss, they're high handicapper. They miss a ton of greens. They really struggle with the chipping. But maybe they're blanking that out. You know, they, they, There's that bias in there to give you that true assessment. And that's really where the stats come in. You don't need to rely 100% on them, but use them as kind of a piece of the puzzle to help identify where you need help. And then it's that... And then it's, um, you know, Shane, it's maybe take a holistic view of your golf game. Do you need to work on some fitness stuff, some speed stuff, uh, some practice habits, and set some realistic goals for yourself for the year, right? I think that's the thing is like, hey, think life's going to come at me, family, kids, job, travel, what have you. What are some realistic things I can do? Can I get a little putting mat in my house and 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 uh, do some block practice for five or ten minutes while I'm watching uh, – watching basketball in the winter, right? These are those tiny things that add up a lot over time. And then what can we do from an equipment standpoint? Where am I, where's the low hanging fruit from a equipment performance standpoint? Yeah. Like, can you hit the ball longer? I mean, that's a, that's a simple fix. I mean, I, I just was messing around with the max 10 K. I love it. I love the look of it. Um, I know we're going to chat more and more about the new driver in the coming weeks, but just simply adding a new driver in the bag can help you pick up those five or 10 yards that maybe you've lost or that you'd love to to improve in terms of what you're trying to do. I mean, these are simple fixes for the golf bag to help somebody fill a, a slight hole that's maybe there's that's something they've been thinking about. Yeah, absolutely, Shane. I try to take a look at, from an equipment standpoint, to help, the, help golfers out there have a little checklist of w- what things to look at. Number one, you, you highlighted it first, the driver. Are you leaving distance on the table through the driver fitting and performance. So the fitting aspect is let's make sure you have the optimal launch and spin. And if you have not been on a launch monitor, you haven't been through uh, our co-pilot tool or understand our, our chart we have, which is angle of attack, ball speed, what are the perfect launch conditions? So many golfers are misfit for, by not having the right launch and spin. So there's the, the fitting side of the driver, then there's the performance side, which is making sure you have the latest technology in our 430 family, for example, to give you that forgiveness around the face, to give you that spin consistency, to give you that inertia, to give you all the ball speed that comes with everything and marry those two things up together. The driver is the most important club at least once a year. This is a perfect time of year before the season. Get in, get your launch numbers and make sure your driver is optimized for launch and spin. Marty, you mentioned the weather. You mentioned, you know, in a lot of the areas of the country, it's cold. You're not playing a whole bunch of golf. And you mentioned Ping Copilot. And this is my reminder to everybody out there spend a little bit of time with the apps that Ping and Marty have created because it's such an easy fix. You talk about driving, you talk about gapping. I know we've spent a lot of time in terms of gapping, but that gapping app, if you don't understand 
where this again these are simple fixes marty i mean this isn't going yeah. out and having to change your swing or spend hours on the range working on path and takeaway and things like that this is simply am i filling the gaps the right way with the right clubs do i have a huge hole at 120 that i don't i don't realize marty it's amazing how many buddies i'll talk to of mine that you know we'll be playing a scramble or we'll be out playing best ball or something like that and they're like ah you know i I don't want to hit driver. I don't really have anything in the 120 range. And my mind's blown. You know, I'm like, yeah. this is a scoring opportunity. You've got exactly. to have that dialed. And I love, I mean, one of my favorite things at Ping is that gapping app because it just helps. It helps an issue that a lot of golfers have. Yeah, Shane, I totally agree. So that, that gapping app is a great tool to lean on. Our, our uh, Tons of our uh, fitters out there are using it. If you want to find a fitter that's using it, you go to, you go to our find a fitter tool on ping.com. And you can filter by uh, an account that has and is using Copilot and go see them and ask to get on the gapping app. Because even if you're not, let's say you, you, you got a new set of I-230s or G430 irons in you know the last year or two, there's still, it's still worthwhile going through the gapping app, even if you're not going to, repl- you know, you're not in the market for new irons, to look at the edges of your bag like you were talking about, Shane. The wedges. Do you have the right gapping in your wedges, number one? And then maybe you're playing down to a four iron or a five iron. You're struggling with that club. What's the right replacement for that? Can you take a look at just, you know, a hybrid or high lofted fairway wood? Go on there and get on that gapping app. I think that's the next from the driver. Driver's number one. Make sure you're optimized for launch and spin for your angle of attack. Number two would be looking at your set configuration. Are you are you comfortable with where, what, is the longest iron in your bag, number one. And on the other end of the bag, like you were talking about, Shane, you got to make, let's make sure those, those wedges are scoring clubs and you have them gapped appropriately. That's such a big deal. Yeah. I mean, we've had plenty of guests on that have talked a, a little bit about this or around this idea of not just the wedges, but I, I mean, I love what you mentioned with the high lofted fairway woods. You know, I've talked so much about my love yeah. for my seven wood and this becoming so popular I also, you know, I always think about this through the eyes and the lenses of my buddies that play golf and that are kind of all over the board in terms of handicapping. But there's so many of my friends that have a club in their bag that either they rarely use, if ever, right? And a lot of the time, that'll be a three wood. And so if you have a club in your bag, and again, as we're talking about kind of that checklist for the new year, checklist for 2024, what can I do when I'm not, you know, trying to find answers in the dirt? One of those things is, is there a club in your bag that's a cobweb club, right? You're not totally. using it enough to, you know, be one of 14 because 14 is in theory a pretty small number. It's just making sure how often are you pulling it out? I do this thing every year, Marty, where my my golf shirts, I fl- at the start of the year, I flip the hangers the other way. And by the end of the year, if there's hangers that are still facing the wrong way, those shirts get donated. Obviously, I'm not wearing those shirts, right? <laughs> the same thing can be done with your golf clubs. Are you using golf clubs enough to you know, mandate a spot in the bag? And if not, really consider some other options. Yeah, that's a great point, Shane. That's, again, where it's hard to kind of know that from memory. Like if you have uh, Arcos, for example, you can look and see how much, how much you've hit the three wood. And one of the fun things we've talked about a little bit here before, Shane, is that how the three wood is used is very different for all players out there. For example, me and you, we we hit our three wood probably 80, eight out of 10 times off the tee, right? right? For the golfer out there that drives it 200 yards, 
They're the opposite. They hit it eight out of 10 times off the ground. So that's why, you know, a three wood might not be the right club for that golfer. It might be a, might be a five wood, might be like kind of a, you know, we make a four wood out of a five wood, five wood, put a five wood in the, uh, in the big minus or a five uh, SFT version, five wood, something that's very easy to hit off the ground. But if you're a better player with more speed, you want to be optimizing that three wood off the tee. So that's cobweb club, I think is a really good way to, to frame it and take a look at it. Can you replace it with something that's going to be more useful? Yeah. If you, this is just my PSA here. If you hate a club in your bag, flip it out of the bag. Like there's no reason to have a long iron that you can't hit and you don't love that you've got to strike perfectly to, to hit the number that you kind of have written down in your yardage book, if you will, for what that number carries. Think about a hybrid. Think about a lofted fairway wood. Like think about these other options. There's so many options across the board these days with crossovers and with lofted fairway woods becoming more popular. You don't have to have the four iron in your bag if you don't feel comfortable hitting that. I love my four iron. There's so many people out there that don't. There's no reason to have clubs in your bag that aren't helping your game. If they're hurting your game, take them out and get a little bit more creative with the bag. Yeah, Shane, I think one of the big things to make sure the bet, the better players listen to this is that hybrids no longer go <laughs> go left, right? We we don't we don't have that That's issue necessarily. And so don't be afraid of that. Give it if if you if you wiped them out forever 5 years ago, you first tried hybrids, they hooked or 10 years ago, uh, we've solved that problem. We got Wa- Joaquin Neiman playing a five hybrid and and uh, and stuffing it out there. We got so um, it, give yourself permission that we can always go flatter with them to get them to fly straight. So definitely take a look at cobweb clubs. Set composition between your driver and your longest iron. That's a really good area to focus. And then Shane, I would say after that, after those two pieces, would be looking at your wedges and making sure. If you're not spinning it around the greens, if you're hitting chip shots, pit shots, ball sliding up the face, you're not, you don't have that capability when you have a really good lie uh, to hit that low spinner. If that's something that you want to do in your technique, that'd be the next place to look. Make sure you're starting the year off with some fresh wedges. And the chipper, chipper's obviously something to think about as well. I mean, that's a, a big part of, of this whole, you talked about composition of the golf bag, right? Absolutely. And I think that's where it comes to the honest assessment of, of your game, Shane, is that um, are you going to spend the time to improve in a certain area? Like, let's say you love hitting a four iron, right? Are you going to work on your speed, your technique, everything to be able to flush that four iron and get that ball up in the air? That's a tough challenge. Similarly, when it comes to chipping, uh, if you're a golfer out there that struggled with chipping off of tight lies and making managing your low point, and being able to have that delivery so you can nip it, get the ball in the air, manage the low point. If that's a struggle for you, take a look at the chipper because that has been a savior for a lot of golfers out there. We we have better players around the office that use the chipper. I have played with them, and it is very impressive what they can do around the green. So give that an honest assessment and an honest look. Yeah, Marty, I, I just, uh, late last year, I wrapped up a golf trip, one of my last golf trips of 2023, and my buddy Andrew, who is, I think he's a two handicap, has the chipper in the bag now. He's never, he's, Love it. I, I'll tell you this, Marty, he's a guy that it's either full massive flop shot 
or chipper. Like there's no, you know, the the simple flat face 56 degree totally. pitch shot is not something he's comfortable hitting. And so what he's learned is he putt a lot of those shots, but a lot of the time the putter is just not the right call. And you could go seven iron if you feel comfortable with it. But what I love about the chipper technology is it's basically like using your putting stroke totally. and getting a little bit of that loft and roll out that takes that forcible speed out of the shot. You know, you stand over a putt, it's it's grainy, it's it's kind of down on a swell and you're up a hill. You just feel like you got to mash that. And so many times, Marty, I see guys putt it over the green, right? Because yep. they're thinking they got to yep. hit it so hard. I love the chipper because it takes a little bit of that, I've got to hit it hard out of their hands. Yeah, totally. And I think you nailed what makes it really easy for golfers like him to uh, uh, adapt to the chipper is because we designed it so you can pretty much use a putting stroke. It's super heavy head weight relative to chipping with your eight iron or what have you, pitching wedge, super heavy head weight, shorter in length and very upright. So it has all those characteristics of a putter. And Shane, what's funny about this is the, the engineer here that designed the chipper, you know, we talked a lot about solving problems for yourself. He is exactly the same. He, he is, he's like a scratch two handicap. He floats right in that range. He's awesome at flop shots, flop shots, but he struggled with the basic chip, and now he's either chipper or flop shot in absolutely magic around the greens. Are we talking? These the same guy? Does my friend Andrew work at Ping? And I don't know it. Is has he got like a shadow job? I'm gonna have to ask him about it. Um, Marty, you mentioned mentioned putting. A buddy of mine, Mike, just went through um, I Ping, and he was extremely complimentary about it. You know, you're talking about getting yourself set up for 2024 and yeah. your golf game in the winter. I ping is something you can obviously do in your basement, at home, anywhere like that to make sure you're using the right putter for your game. And again, assessing maybe what's not working for you as you get set for the new golf year. Yeah. When it comes to the putter, Shane, I always, always again, look at like the low hanging fruit. The lowest hanging fruit is to make sure you're in a putter that has the right toe hang or balance, right? We talked about this with uh, Sasha McKenzie when he was on, talking about the biomechanics of why that is super important. So that, I would say, is the low-hanging fruit from a putter standpoint. Do you have a missed tendency? Again, it might be hard to remember that if you're not tracking stats on it. But if you do have a missed tendency, we see a lot of golfers, Shane, tons that are playing deep CG mallets, heel-shafted, missing tons of putts to the right. And the biomechanics of this absolutely makes sense, right? The de very deep C CG with very heel shafted, you you have to torque the putter a lot open on the backstroke and you can't catch up and the face is delivered open to the pass. So going back to the low hanging fruit, get on iPing, get on blast, go find a fitter that has a, a, maybe a Quintic system and understand how much you rotate the face in the forward stroke. And if you don't rotate it very much, like on iPing, if you rotate it two and a half degrees or less, you'll probably be better in a more face balanced putter. If you have a lot of rotation, seven and a half degrees or more, you'll probably better be better with a strong arc or a very toe down putter, or you might be kind of in the middle. So that I would say is the, the checklist item on putting. Make sure you're in the right stroke type or toe hang a putter. Marty, can you let people know if they've never gone through iPing what to expect? Like what to expect when the package arrives at home, at their home? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that for that that uh, PLD custom program, uh, we have a, a, a mode of iPing that guides you through 
hitting uh, putts, and you can do it right on your carpet in your house, a nice flat surface. It's where I did it. You're going to do putts that are about a 10-footer, or it doesn't have to be perfectly 10 feet. It could be 8 to 15, somewhere in that range. But you're, we're going to cue you to try to have an intention to repeat your stroke as if you need to make that 10-foot straight putt on the golf course. And in doing so, the sensors in the phone or iPod itself are super-duper accurate. They're built for playing video games, and we can measure five key characteristics about your putting stroke that you cannot see with the naked eye. And I think that is the most important part. You can't see tempo, time of backstroke, time of forward stroke with the naked eye. You can't see face rotation. You can see path pretty good with the naked eye, but not face rotation. And that's what we're talking about. How much does the putter rotate on the backstroke, rotate on the forward stroke? We get a face angle delivery, which is ultimately that's king. We talked about that with Sasha as well. Like face angle is the most important thing. And, and we can factor that into the fitting process as well as your setup uh, shaft lean. How much you lean the shaft will influence the loft of your putter and the lie angle, Shane. So iPing is a, it's a, you know, we can, we're using the cool sensors in the phone, but we're doing a lot of things on the back end algorithmically uh, that can really help your, your putting stroke. You can't see with the naked eye. I think. The key to getting fit for a putter, the key point to hear here is they can, ping can help you have a putter fit your stroke versus you having to change the stroke to make sense with the putter you're using. And I think that's so important because there are a million different putting strokes out there. I mean, you go to the putting green at a PGA Tour event or an LPGA Tour event, you're going to see... 30 different looking strokes, right? I mean, there's going to be so many different, you know, inside out and things like that. But those players have a putter fit to exactly their stroke. And that is what iPain can do for people listening is it can fit a putter for you versus you having to kind of, you know, I got to lean my hands a little bit more forward or let's not forward press. Like take all of your guessing out of it and allow the technology to do that for you. I just think that's so important. Yeah, Shane, I, he, that was a really good, uh, really well put on how the tour players, you know, another way to think about iPing is it's the tour players have been able to have trial and error. They, they have all the putters out there in the putting green. They can yeah. try them. See it's what like a works million best. putters out there. It's so great. Yeah. So we fit them with iPing, but, you know, the, the algorithms that are baked in there work, you know, in reverse to over the history of time, right? You have, you have players who rotate the putter a lot using toe down putters you have players that don't rotate the the putter a lot using face balance putters what iping does it it helps eliminate all that trial and error so that we can kind of apply the science and apply all that empirical observation uh and again i think the key is things you can't see with the naked eye and make sure things are not fighting your stroke i think you you frame that very very well all right marty so we've hit driver We've got people dialed on their gap and in their wedges. Putting is now, they're going to, everybody here listening is going to order iPing and get fit and they're going to make every putt in 2024. What about the golf ball? What can people do in terms of thinking about the golf ball they're playing and making sure that's right for their golf game? Yeah, I view the golf ball, Shane, as like the glue that puts it all together. All these components, the ball is the cherry on top, and it it uh, it ties driver performance, iron performance, greenside spin, feel and sound off the putter, how that ball is going to fly through the air. Do you need a ball that's better in the wind or not? 
that is the, the kind of the final piece of the puzzle. And I think around the first of the year is the perfect time to make sure you're in the right golf ball, right? Because it's like, which ball am I going to use for the season? Of course, you can and should as new golf balls come out, take a look at this. But I think going through Ballnamic, which is our golf ball fitting solution and software, which you can do with launch monitor data or without, we'll talk a little bit about that. About once a season, maybe twice a season is the perfect cadence to make sure that your clubs and golf ball, how you want it to perform on the golf course, uh, is all marrying together. And, and understanding golf balls is, is tough. There's so many on the market. They have such a diversity in how they perform. They can change, one model can change a lot from year to year. So you can't, you can't really just say, I've always played this ball, play the newest version, because sometimes they can change quite a bit. And so we designed Ballnamic to help solve these problems. And going through this, going through Ballnamic around the first year is the perfect time to do it. Do you, Marty, you know, there's so many options available with a lot of this technology at Ping. Do you go through this stuff relatively consistent? I mean, are you checking on the ball for your own golf game? I mean, you're such a great player. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about your accolades, but are these things you're kind of checking in on a couple times a year, once a year or so? Yeah, no, absolutely. Shane, I do. And I, I... Follow our same process, uh, you know, you would if you were a mini tour player or or something. I schedule a fitting okay. in the off season, right? Kind of like the summer Hayes talked about, like, yep. hey, we schedule a fitting and come in, come in, and I kind of have to do that because I'm so close to everything. I and when I schedule a fitting, I tell uh, Brad Millard or one of our master fitters here, treat me as if I'm 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 just a tournament golfer, right? And put me through all the tools, the protocols, x-ray my equipment, my game, my launch condition. So absolutely, we're pulling up our launch efficiency tool, which is one of my favorite in the driver to make sure you're optimized from a launch and spin standpoint. We're looking at the latest crop of balls. And is there a new option for me from Ballnamic? Because I spin my driver a little bit more than our optimal uh, says. So I use golf ball to give me net 300 less spin in okay. terms of driver flight, right? I'm always using the gapping app and that that is awesome to see if there's another option there, especially in my long irons. Um, and then iPing. I go on iPing at least a couple times a year to see if anything's changed in my stroke uh, because your stroke can evolve uh, a little bit over time and make sure I'm not making any compensation. So 100% and I, I, I schedule that to make sure it's kind of like a blocked intentional thing on my calendar. What about stat tracking? How do you go about your stat tracking? Because I know you're someone that pays a lot of attention to those types of things. Yeah, so I use, I, I'm kind of in the research mode, so I use a bunch of different stat tracking okay. apps. I use uh, Arcos quite a bit okay. for stat tracking, uh, but I experiment with a bunch of others. Golf Metrics, really cool, has some nice strokes gain features in there. Uh, stack putting is how I do my putting, uh, stats yeah. tracking now because it gives the most granular insights for misses. And I'm pretty hardcore kind of aim pointer when I'm out there, kind of always kind of figuring out, figuring out if I'm at a 1%, 2%, 3% slope. So that gives me the most granular insights, uh, from a putting standpoint. Do you think people that are listening to this podcast are going to have their best golfing year ever? I just feel like the advice you've given, and my goodness, I mean, how do you not have a great 24, you know? 
Yeah, it is. They, they are, Shane. I would say the big things are take take a look at driver, take a look at set configuration. Make sure you, if if your if your wedges are degrading a little bit and grooves, face friction, spin generation, take a look at that. Make sure you're in the right stroke type of putter. Uh, consider a stats tracking solution so you get those true non-biased insights to your game. Set up some good golf habits and have an awesome year. And I got one last thing we haven't mentioned, but I also see this a lot. You mentioned the groove faces, and I think that is something people leave on the cutting room floor way too often. They don't upgrade wedges. They should be upgrading wedges in 24, especially with ping. New wedges are meant. But grips, pay attention to your grips. If totally. the grips are worn, you've had them for a couple of years, and you play you know, relatively consistent golf, you play a couple times a month, you leave the clubs in the trunk or whatever the case may be, a, clean them, but B, consider whatever it is, a couple hundred bucks to get your grips re-gripped because you, you mentioned the golf ball being s- such, a, such an important part of the configuration you know, of, the, uh, of the golf club and the golfer. I mean, the grips are the tires, right? I mean, you don't want bald tires driving in the rain. Like, you want good grips. Yeah, fresh grips is a super big deal, especially if you if you got you're not going to look at replacing your irons or maybe your driver's pretty dialed. Put fresh grips on there is a big one. Shane, I think a couple other things for folks to check, especially if you swap shafts. Let's say you swap shafts with a buddy and your driver shaft or something. Check your swing weights. Okay. Go to whether you have a swing weight scale at home, your local shop, your your golf course. Check your swing weights. A lot of times, it's a very basic one if you're struggling with one club going left or right or low point control, check your swing weights. If you've, if you've swapped anything out on, on the metal wood standpoint, another one, Shane, to throw in there is a, is a, is a fresh bag. Get, you know, oh. I think that provides a really good kind of, uh, uh, kind of mental, uh, you know, freshness to the year, get your bag, get all your, your, your tees, your, uh, little train, make sure you got a spot for your little training aids, whatever you carry with you in your bag. That can be a big deal too, to get your year started off fresh. Yeah. I, I just played golf a couple of weeks ago and uh caddy walked to the first tee and he goes, man, I love when I see a hoofer. And I go, I know. And he goes, it's just, they're just the best. I said, I know they're the, they're the best bag. I mean, I had them when I was a junior golfer. I've had them through college and I've got one now and I love it. So yeah, I think the golf bag is a, is a great call as well. You know what, Marty, I went the kind of single carry bag for a bit, but the stand is unbeatable. It just, it might, listen, it might be eight ounces heavier, whatever the case may be than a non-stand bag, but I will carry the ounces more so that my, I, I don't love this laying it down and picking it up. I'm just, I've become a stand guy, even when I'm carrying myself. Same. I like just getting the, just a little bit easier to get the clubs out of the bag, the switch clubs. If you're between clubs, wind picks up, man, it's so much easier to throw throw your eight arm back in there. Totally, totally agree with you. Grab Um, your seven. Well, Marty, happy new year, man. Super pumped for 2024. Excited for all the content on this platform and what we're going to be doing elsewhere. Uh, It's going to be a great year for us. going to be a great year for the golf world, hopefully, and going to be a great year for the listeners because with all this advice and some of the guests we have upcoming, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, I will say this, all of the feedback I've got, Marty, I know you feel the same way about the podcast. You know, we're eight, nine months into doing this podcast. It's been super fun to do, but the feedback from you guys listening has been awesome. So we always yeah. appreciate the messages and the tweets and the, and the you know, the things you guys send on Instagram. It's great to hear from you and we appreciate you guys listening because it's been a lot of fun to do so far. 
Yeah, Shane, I totally agree. I've got some awesome feedback. Hopefully golfers are just, are, are, my goal with this, Shane, is to help golfers get better, play better golf. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, hopefully everyone got a little, uh, you know, take a couple of those things from our checklist or do them all would be awesome uh, and get your game dialed. Shane, one thing we did want to mention is for the ball fitting standpoint, listeners go to ballfitting.com. We have a discount code, 50% off for the listeners. Proving Grounds, enter the code Proving Grounds, capital P, capital G, and get 50% off your ball fitting. Enjoy it. Marty, that, hold on, I'm, that's half. I'm, I'm exactly. Almost, I'm almost 50. sure that's half off. Exactly. Unbelievable 50% off. Proving Grounds, capital P, capital G. You guys have a great new year. Set those goals, write down the notes, focus on the golf bag, and play golf great. We're excited to see it this is the Ping Proving Grounds Podcast.